0: this is green planet blue planet podcast featuring distinctly qualified global change makers dedicated to creating a healthier planet whose unique gifts are lived expressed and celebrated my name is julian gudelay i am committed to a world that allows people from all walks of life to thrive and in today's episode my guest is tara baswani welcome tara
1: julian it's so lovely to be with you you're one of my favorite people to talk to, and I'm just ecstatic to be on the podcast.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm very, very excited to Ecstatic, that's the even better word. Um, to share a bit more about Tara as we're getting started here, she's an internationally acclaimed creative and sustainability innovator. She's been a culture strategist, a creator, a director, a producer, a composer, and of course, an award-winning multidisciplinary artist. And so she's also a co-founder of Lemba's Works, uh, creative and cultural industry changemakers. And we'll we'll talk a bit about Lemba's Works right at the beginning here, because I want to learn about your Recreators, Recreators Rise um, project, like the cornerstone of uh, creating this you know this this wave of planetary regeneration through your work. Uh, how, how do you what do you think about starting there, Tara?
1: I enjoy every single conversation I've ever had with you and I think that's a beautiful place to start because it has been the blood sweat and tears for the last two years so yeah it's precious to start with that please
0: yeah so maybe give us a bit of a dive into Lemba's works and what you've what you've set up there and you know what um, what keeps you up at night
1: <laughs> um, so Lemieux and Baswani um, is a playoff on uh, this little vision and this seed of a dream that my partner in life and work um, envisioned together. Um, I met my partner, Remy, um, while I was touring, creating and performing with Siftu City. And we sort of brought together my work as a creative conceptor, culture designer and performing artist at that time. And his work with ethical technology, production, and operations design, but also as somebody who'd been a creator in the past himself, all together with our combined passion, of course, for each other, Um, but very importantly to the one thing that had bound us together in a personal relationship, which was our very, very deep love for the environment, for nature, for animals, and understanding how ever since we've known each other, we had always wanted to be in service of community and sort of felt like we were a little bit of a misfit entity in the paradigm of the real world. After eight years of touring the world together across North America, Japan, etc., cetera, um, we found ourselves at a standstill where two moments happened, the earthquake in Japan. I was taking a sabbatical from CERC at that time, once again, to further my yoga studies uh, and my own uh, music project and realizing that there was a lot of unrest happening in delhi in my old home uh with a terrible case of sexual violence watching a lot of other really deep issues unfold sort of got us just starting to think that we needed to start driving this vision for bringing every single tool you know every single skill that we had in our toolbox together and start to just play Um, use our courage, just take some quantum leaps and just start creating the world we wish to see and stop being those misfits. Um, In classic Remy fashion, he gave me 10 minutes to find a name because that's classic him. He'll just dive off the cliff and I'm that person who'll be sitting and going, how are we making room for this person? How are we making everybody sit with care? And then by that time, he'll just be like, all right, I'm just taking everybody and jumping off. And Lembus Works was just born um, in January 2013. And the only factors that we knew were the following. Everything that we created had to have a purpose and serve a purpose greater than us. At that point, we weren't talking about fancy terms like regenerative design, but we knew that everything that we did had to give birth to something that would care, nurture, and create health for more than us. The teachings of my Guru, my teacher B. K. S. Ainger um, sat deeply as the cornerstone for that, which had also guided my career as a conceptor and as a performing artist, had also sort of touched Remy in his life. And there was a fourfold path, which was observe, think of others, self-correct, listen deep, create purposefully. And when we walked into Lembis works as just the union, the yoga of Linu and Baswani, absolutely inspired by my love for Tolkien and the idea of Lembus bread, nurturing people on long journeys, (laughs) because I literally had 10 minutes to pick that name. And what's emerged since 2013 uh, in eight long years has been a flip of every single prototype that we could get our hands on for the creative and cultural industry formats, whether it's the platforms, the practices, the products, to transform these into regenerative vehicles that would then start to inform and accelerate the United Nations-based Sustainable Development Goals. So in essence, what we do is we undertake a purpose that we want to have or somebody else wants to have. We see where which part of our cross-disciplinary um, ability we can house this in, or we can create a world-building prototype which will perhaps bring in elements of the music industry, the visual arts industry. Both our backgrounds had sort of taken us across advertising, music, theater, film, television, as well as communication and strategic marketing. So we found that we were able to put ourselves in service in very different transdisciplinary formats. And this led us to being able to invite digital and living arts, experiential placemaking, creation of events, starting innovating curriculums because my background was in literature, but also starting to invite multiple stakeholders to come in and readdress the idea of profit and start to think of creating good as being past the idea of not-for-profit or impact, creating dignity for everyone around who expressed vulnerability, starting to have mindful curations. And eight years later, we find ourselves expanding further and becoming useful advisories whether it is in the arts industries, uh, across the health sector, governance, fintech, and truthfully, we're realizing where we can be useful at the speed of change right now—the uh, most pivotal time that I think we can be at best service to humanity. That's us in a nutshell.
0: Mm. Beautiful. I like the uh, the hint at Tolkien storytelling there. <laughs> the that, spread. that is that is really funny. Great that that worked out for your your names as well. Um, so you we have
1: to put uh, reading three massive volumes of literature to use at some point in your life.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I I dig it. I I think there's something about actually using literature in a way that continues to inspire and kind of transforms the entertainment value from taking it in once into just as you know we we were saying right before we hit record like. At the bottom line, no matter what we create, it's also vitally important to have fun and be nourished by it, right? To understand that we're doing this for the output, but really the output is informed by the way we show up for the input. And and so the way we, yeah, the way we show up is, is very much informing anything we're creating in this world. And so uh, having fun in the journey is a massively important pillar. Sometimes maybe... Um, sometimes forgotten about but i I don't don't think at large forgotten about i think that's something humans humans have figured out like pretty clearly we let's have a good time while we while we make learning steps
1: that's so wonderfully put and i think it's our uh, it's the wiring of our brain um i know but you and i both are biomimicry practitioners so you'll vibe with this but in the same way that nature plays into whether it is with its with her reciprocity when the way she blooms and she gives. In that sense, you know, in the last couple of years, as I've studied somatic practices, I realized that the more we play, the more our brain hormones sort of rise into doing all the other good and catalyzing the good that we need to put out in the world. So I, I'm with you, play is essential.
0: Yeah, 100%. It's it's enabling us really. Um, let's let's talk about this from an innovation perspective too, because I feel like a lot of the innovation that this world needs and you know work work that is um, that that you're creating comes through this state of play, this bridge of playing, and the innovation that that is born in that in that kind of territory. And that's how you know creativity really becomes connected to what I would call like the infinity spark like the spark of life that's connecting all things right and when something is void of that when it's like a square box we can smell it and see it from far away usually
1: that's so true and i always love the way you visualize things it's very evocative so thanks for setting that stage and it makes me think of something um and i'd rather offer a case study than really get into the hypothesizing a bit. I'm often reminded about a moment where I was growing up as a child and I was alone for um, great parts of that. And I would often play in my imagination about the kind of conversations that I wished I had, Uh, the place that I would occupy where I could dance and sing. And there there was always happiness surrounding it. And cut to maybe 15 or 20 years later, I remember being at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival and there was this, I was part of a band that was hosting different languages. And as always, I was, you know, a little bit like, of oh, I wasn't, I didn't belong to the Indian classical genre. I didn't belong to this genre. And all I remember is getting up and playing. Cut to these many years later where I'm at Cirque and the reality is very different. And I'm trying to create a language that has multicultural narratives. Mm. Cut to Lempis. And the, the connective thread in that is me asking the question, how do I, what is the commonality that makes me be able to get, whether it's 2,000 people or 10,000 people or five people together in a room and get to start move, moving in this cohesive groove? Or sometimes even just sit in silence together. Or how am I managing to get 35 or however many people in a creation together to have one common invested interest? And the only answer that's come back to me is the minute people start to feel the hum of musicality, this spark that goes off in them, that makes their left and right brain calibrate in a sense of joy. You know, it's, it gets their endorphins going. It gets their motivation, their sense of achievement, their uh, therefore sense of courage going. These are really powerful catalysts for getting us to come together it moves even further and creates something that we need in the world, which is an orchestration of dialogues. And we really started to play with this. Earlier, you know, for the first four or five years of Lembis, I was always sort of told, yeah, but this sits in the art sector, or this is what artists can do, or what creators can do. I firmly believe that we're all creators and designers mm-hmm. in one format or the other, and I know you feel the same way. And in this long-winded conversation about, you know, what has become an impediment of mental health, us feeling crushed as a global community, being drained, fatigued, somewhere I just feel that this sense of spark, this sense of joy has been lost. We have the ability to give joy to one another. We've given it through music, through when we make visual creations, but we also give it by just expressing kindness and joy and reciprocity and care for one another. Just playing and having pets to the studio. You know, you know the history of our studio. Uh, and it's their silliness all around. Mm. But there's this openness and the spark that it involves the sense of play that it brings, the power that it has to catalyze joy and therefore a willingness to want to engage. The minute we bring that into any situation, it's transformation of our newer systems, and once the newer system is transformed, thereby we move past hypothesizing and philosophizing into simple doing. Mm-hmm. It's the equivalent of a headstand. You suddenly start to bring restoration, recuperation. It's pranayam, you know, it's breath and life force. To me, play is life force. It has to exist.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was a powerful, powerful picture that you just painted there. Clay is life force. It is, it is very real. If you think of, you know, the interaction of all the natural world around us and humans included, but humans most easily when it is, you know, with children, when this is like our state of being, right? Um, clay is life force. I, I like this one. Yeah. You, you also just went somewhere where... Um, you know, I'm I'm curious to to hear more because I know you're you're a depth of um, knowledge and 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 embodied wisdom and you mentioned your your teacher briefly um, and you mentioned growing up in the tradition of yoga and um, you know we're both in Canada now but but you grew up in India um, and I'm just curious how that you know the the yogic philosophy that that is a, a a big kind of red thread in your life how that informs. Um, the evolution of industries towards what we now call regeneration, because for, for me, it's so deeply ingrained in the philosophies that are connected to life and life force or you know, play as life force, right? Where we just went. Um, but it, it's somehow seems to just recently industries and, and, and the world under, has understood that regeneration is a real thing.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> And yet, it's why we exist, right? Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love that you called it a red thread because it really is that I owe my life to my education with yoga. Um, And yes, it it sits as the cornerstone of my creation now because it allows me to create... um, I didn't grow up in the tradition of yoga, to be honest. Um, I grew up in the tradition of a Jesuit school, surrounded mm. by Buddhist monasteries, and you know, between a place called Simla and in Delhi, and with a family that had a huge legacy of uh, education in my mom and my grandfather uh, for architecture, for community and placemaking. And when I was twenty, I hurt my back, and over the next three or four years, I kept hurting my body. And I pretty much spent my entire childhood and youth growing up between obviously school and university and the studio and the stage or working with community. And I would keep working at this pace, which allowed me to grow as a creator, to become well-known as an artist at a young age. Um, All of that kept progressing. And then I bam, hit my back once. And over the next four years, I kept breaking every bone in my body and finding you know, things that plague us, especially as women in our health with osteoporosis. And finally, after going through the plethora of um, doctors, et cetera, et cetera, still feeling responsible for the bands that you are with, when you are at the forefront, a lot of other people's livelihoods sort of seem to weigh down on your shoulders, which are barely able to take their own weight. And finally, long story cut short, the person who is my real teacher, Aisha Drangata, sort of showed up at a family event and introduced me to the Iyengar tradition as a last resort. And I moved my entire life to Mumbai um, to be able to study with her and with BKS Iyengar. And it transformed everything. The way that I would function as a human being, the way I would play, uh, my ability to play. I wasn't able to stand on my feet much any longer. And one month and being at the school, all I discovered was not um, something that would fix me for a lifetime. Neither was it a deep practice that gave me all the mysteries for life. But what it did give me was walking into a very simple, safe place and a man who laughed a lot and who taught us to play and introduced us. Like, you know, uh, Guruji would always say this. It's a famous quote from him, I think, that yoga is the rule books for playing the game of life and he would always say that bring in your inc- inconsistencies and that's what Aisha taught me bring in what you can't do and leave that understanding of it as a challenge at the door the heaviness of it being a challenge which will make somebody who fixes it almost superhuman Leave that understanding at the door and stop being so special and walk in and be every human The idea is that you will embrace the challenge. You will understand that you're going to play with it Mm. and you're going to explore. You're going to train really hard. You're going to embrace the toughness and you're going to walk into a willingness for you to start thinking for yourself, starting to observe and be aware for yourself and then offer an idea of service for yourself through that observation to start the most important thing, which is self-correction. And that requires a certain amount of humility. Once you have that, the setback or the challenge will become just that, an opportunity for observation, new play, new correction, and new innovation. And that's how this human being had started to implement the idea of um, bricks ropes, etc., as what we know about as yogic innovation. And that's the way I observe creativity. That's the way Lembis sits with its manifesto of saying mm. what we are asking for is humble honesty and walking in with an intention of savor or service for the creation and to ask the big why, what is the purpose, what is the challenge, and let's transform that into an honest observation, a humble self-correction, and then sustain the application with whatever toolkits we have, and let's put love and play at the core of it. Let's spark that joy and get everybody involved so that we can start to develop this unified practice. It allowed me to stand on my feet. It allowed me to move forward in my life over the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. But what I'm also realizing now, as we're you know moving forward in our work with neuroscience-based experiential create uh, you know creations or curriculum, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it's allowing us to show up and play with any industry. And more importantly, get people together in a bipartisan fashion, because that's what we need right now. Uh, we're all hurting. We're all feeling this sense of mm-hmm. disease or challenge. And we keep saying this is what an industry can do what we need to do what I create about what I care about is creating the bridges of transformation with health I don't know if that helps
0: mm-hmm. yeah it's it's spot on actually i I, I, lo- I love I love hearing you know your story specifically and I love hearing stories in how people arrive at this place of what does it mean for me to, you know, create planetary good? What does it mean for me to say yes to life and embrace life and life circumstances and the people in my life to then create and generate into our society, something that, you know, is um, a, a kind of a piece of the circular puzzle that is regeneration. Because, you know, in the, in the past, most people have only ever asked themselves, like, what is it that I have to do to be part of society, but it's really not so much about the have to do. The have to do is the classical job, right? Or then if if you were a successful entrepreneur and all that you cared for was extraction, then it's like, what do I do to get rich? But those are very, they're very linear questions. And so I think the much deeper question comes back to our life story and the way we perceive and the way we are taught and the way we meet beings that are role models that are here to show us, like when you, You know, in your case, when you find your feet again, when you align with your body, the rest will follow.
1: I think it's also, as always, you put things so beautifully. Um, I also believe that we are dealing with paradigms that have been legacies upon legacies Mm. for hundreds of years. The discontent that we are feeling, the frustration the divisiveness that we are feeling across continents and race and religions and spiritualities, all this sense of helplessness that we are feeling in spite of our best intentions. I remember doing this creation, uh, having this very privileged creation with Yoyama years ago. and He's such an extraordinary human being. Mm. Um, He personifies the good, personally, the way I see it, that we need to see in the world. And I had this interesting conversation about the importance of having to put, having to endure livelihood, having to have your food and shelter sorted out. And it sort of made me think about the different creators that I've come into contact with. We call ourselves artists for impact, creators for impact, networks for impact. All I've known in the last eight years is how desensitizing these words are becoming. Sustainability, mm-hmm. regeneration, so-and-so is for impact. Um, even the goals in themselves, the more we put these into isms and paradigms, there's something weird that it does to our internal thinking and our external right application. Yeah. And this is what brings me back to the moment that I had the opportunity to create a him for him with our team at Lembis. And he kept saying, I want to get educators involved. I want to get the indigenous communities involved. I want to have this thing that just gives to people. Can you, what can we do? And our response was saying, let's approach, let's not criticize the paradigms that exist. Let's get them involved and say, here's what we can do. And that is a classic Lembus creation of purpose. I have no idea what that creation is going to be. But what I do know is that the story has to include a movement of a culture. The design has to create something transformative for regenerative change. We have to think of environmental and social good, and there has to be compassionate curation and, therefore, a practice of listening and communication and opportunity for all. So once we have all these non-negotiables, everybody's going to sit down on the table, and we did, and said, you know, let's bring the Metro Society, of, you know, uh, uh, the Society of Transport in Montreal, in together. Let's ask the communities what they're missing. And what came up was, we don't want to be called marginalized and vulnerable, Mm. which is something I can totally resonate with, (laughs) vehemently so. If you are somebody who needs greater equity, the one thing you really don't want is to be pitied or to be told that you are unique and you need support. I just want Mm. to be the new normal. I don't want to have a lens of difference. So we had a massive conversation about actual curation right? I know we've spoken about this earlier. And how can people who have greater influence just show up with the attitude of service and care? And how can a creation, its business mission, its platform, actually put them in a place of equity building for others? Can the sound, can the visualizations put forward expressions, not just over the world that we wish to see, but actually start creating that in real time? So we brought in the bird sounds from Montreal, created a whole nature soundscape that just asked people to stop on a Saturday morning and create a moment of pause, of health, of regeneration, having this experience with one of the greatest creators in the world and put in young creators that I found personally exciting in the city who came from the Indian diaspora, from the Latin American um, diaspora, representatives of the LGBTQ community and put them front and center. And suddenly we had this systemic movement and said, well, let's talk about systems change or actually rather, you know what? Let's not talk about systems change. (laughs) Here's what it looks like. Here's how everybody profits. Mm -hmm. There we go. We got it done. Let's move on. Mm -hmm. That to me is the circularity that I'm seeking right now.
0: Yeah, that's that the- that's a powerful formula. Yeah. Say that again. You were, you you were, you were adding one more sentence to it there.
1: I feel that's that lag. Um, I was just gonna say that yeah, it feels powerful because it feels that we got it done. Mm-hmm. And it's not just a one-time doing, it's creating seeds and you know, that allow these pods to come up, and that's what's informed everything creation upon creation to what is now becoming our idea of transforming recreation in its holistic capacity. But the only way we mm. feel that we're being able to do it is through that observation of the practice by correcting through every creation itself, learning in the Anger tradition and we're really trying to create a unique purpose every creation at a time so it really is just case by case scenario
0: mm. yeah and this case by case you know is it it's everywhere in in our life if we think of it any big dream is fulfilled in a thousand steps right like we we don't take all these thousand steps at once and so these ideas to get to certain guidelines or meet certain parameters and um just think about change in a very linear way is in itself a it's hindering it's hindering a lot of the creative expansion it's hindering trust it's hindering you know just that first step taking that first step full-hearted informed by what that first step needs to know and i have a question that results out of this and that's around trust uh, tara you know the role trust plays and and what it requires for you to experience trust when you know you're 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 also in, in so many situations with, with different stakeholders of any given situation, right? Who represent different parts as well. So what, what role does trust play in this change and this change-making and this regeneration that we're talking about?
1: Massive question. Thanks, humans. Um Let me pose a question, back, which is, I know that's the right thing to do, but I think it'll get us there. If I asked you to come and collaborate with me in the moment and co-create with me, what would be the first thought that comes to your mind? Should I engage? Should I not engage? What would be the things that register in your mind that make you want to come and dive in with me?
0: Right. Well, at a certain stage, there is this, like, can I trust her? Can I trust her? integrity with showing up for what we're talking about, or is this just the excitement of uh, having the dialogue, right? Um, I guess there's also, what else comes up for me? A, can I trust myself that this is, um, that I have time, space, or resources for what I'm saying yes to? Um, There's a few of those, right, around just being able to fulfill commitment. I think that's something that's been very, dear to to my own personal value chain is like when i'm committed can i actually fully show up for that or am i just kind of half-assing it and and then afterwards i tell myself well but i was there which is not really how we create mastery that's how we create excuses right and so um usually that's that's part of my check-in is like where am i at myself and then about the other person it's it's a lot to do with with trust and excellence and excellence isn't like a static thing it's not something you Prove, and once you fail it's gone excellence is like integrity you you clean up with it so if you make a mistake your excellence is to clean up the mistake it's not to you know you didn't lose the excellence because of the mistake it's, it, the, the question is how do you deal with what's in front of you now
1: thank you thank you that's so sits at the essence of everything that i feel often when someone you know when i'm in that position thank you for that honesty This, to me, brings it back to what is the importance of trust in regenerative creation or design. If I ask myself, as a student of history and literature, what has gone wrong? You know, if we've had to study past legacies, centuries of traditions that inform our now, or whether I ask myself what sits with me as I engage with another human being. I want to be heard. You know, uh, how am I being listened to? Are my perspectives being understood? And then all the things that you just outlined, which is what are the resources? Can I trust her? Um, How is the commitment going to be fulfilled? Is there going to be what sense of excellence is going to be there? Here's an alternative that I pose as one final question before we dive in. The minute you see an animal come at you and you want to engage, what's the first thought that comes to your mind or the minute mm. you plunge yourself in the ocean because i know you, you you know you have a deep love for the ocean
0: interesting o- or the ocean well I-, I guess with the animal my mind goes to how can i get this being to trust me
1: mm.
0: because there is like a there's like a an interplay with animals where, you know, take a hummingbird, for example, It it's extremely curious. It wants to come to you. It will literally sit on your shoulder if, 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 if you're hanging out in that frequency. Um, but it it requires you to be totally in a tumor, just like a bee, maybe, you know, there's beekeepers who don't wear safety gear and they're like, oh yeah, no, the, the bees are you just going to be buzzing with them. And it's so there's something about them realizing you're actually vibrating at the same speed of, of trust or the same speed of integrity and and then so that's a question right like when I encounter an animal is like am I actually in a good place to engage um, with the ocean with the ocean I feel like there are just infinite unknowns. Um, Yeah, I'm gonna pass pass on the ocean, otherwise I'm gonna stumble (laughs) forward for the next five minutes here.
1: (laughs) I so appreciate those responses. I always love asking myself the same question because right now, again, especially with this creation and impact work for the last couple of years, I hear all these phraseologies like co-creation Uh, in collaboration and compassionate co-creation or generosity of um, networking and community, we will find the future that we need. And yet, when I sit down and I ask my own artists or I look at my own experience, I come back to a simple understanding of my daily engagement, whether it is with my cats, the dogs I've had previously growing up around horses, it is what you just said, which is finding this, being able to engage on this vibration of a conscious and subconscious understanding that can only be built organically, that the other being won't hurt me and Mm. I therefore will be in a position where they will not walk away from me. This honestly to me has been one-on-one of performance of creation of curation, leading teams, whether it is musicians, a band, a group of theater artists, um, and now in the work that is supposed to inform other leaders. It's one thing to talk about the change that we wish to see in the world. Getting people to understand, yes, I'll often be called into, you know uh, somebody to share expertise and facilitations in learning, in listening the art of listening often, or the art of communication. Mm. And to me, it comes down to the following words, integrity, care, and credit. When you walk in, what is the intention that you are setting for yourself? Are you going to create an intention of care and make that the cornerstone of creating Mm. whatever it is, whether it is your relationship with somebody, a work relation, a professional engagement, or something that is a creative output. Furthermore, how is that informing, how is that intention creating a ripple effect and informing your perspectives? Are you actually thinking of the perspective of the plant, of the animal, of the other human being? Because at the end of the day, all of that is going to be involved for creating these development goals that we have, for Mm -hmm. the transformative change that we wish to see we have never been grown we've never been taught to grow up as human beings to even think about listening with care leave alone communicating with tonalities and putting out vibrations that extend one simple message the nurturing of equitable care for all how we're expecting all the other things to evolve i'm not sure Furthermore, how is it involving therefore our communication and finally our actions and interactions? Mm. We're sitting with all these buzzwords and social media and everything, but what I do know as a musician is the following. I have to walk into a stage and first offer trust to myself to express freely. I have to be able to listen back with an an intention of humility. Mm. Because if I don't do that, I won't understand if I'm on pitch or not. Right. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, I have to first learn to vibrate myself so as not to hurt somebody else's ears. Then if I'm getting into a situation where, I'm, you know, just saying, it's awful when someone's off tune. Um, but the minute I'm coming into a band situation or creating, um, whether it is with my own group of creators or far be it for me to even think that I'm capable of leading a team, I have to now start calibrating those vibrations. The minute somebody feels that they understand why they're there, that they are going to be treated with care, that they're not going to be hurt, that their health, their aspirations, their goals are going to be nurtured and nourished and respected that they might be given the opportunity to create a narrative that they vibe with. And maybe they might have to think of somebody else's as well. And that is what is going to inform the overall bringing together of people. Mm. Trust becomes the cornerstone for creating anything that we want to have, see as an outcome of good. It's going to inform the contracts. It's going to inform your personal development, your organizational development, the culture that you wish to see. In this day and age, I don't see another way other than developing or creating safe spaces and sanctuaries and relationships of trust as any other way of creating bridges for a future we need. We have lost that trust with our indigenous communities, with ourselves in our industries, Um, I've personally been in environments where I've been called to talk about best practices for women, equity creation being felt pushed around, walked away because of a lack of trust. Mm -hmm. I've seen partnerships go to waste. I don't misunderstand those things. I understand, I always hear the hustle is real, but so is the requirement for trust. Mm. So there's that wish going out into the world, trust begets trust.
0: Yeah, broadcasting it for eternity. I also hear you say that care is a, an essential and an intention for care is an essential gateway to trust. That, that's actually a, you know, like a, it's kind of a new addition for me to include that into the mix of what informs trust because care is like a frequency that you can feel, right? Like the moment someone truly cares for you or you care for someone um it changes the flavor of the interaction it kind of takes us out of autopilot and the autopilot very often is a world where caring is something we don't we don't need i don't have time for because this is a transaction i don't have to invest care into this transaction i'm just getting my groceries here i'm just buying something from this person and so in this in this interaction that transaction we exclude care as long as it meets the guidelines of what's the proper way for the transaction and so with that we're not developing any emotional connection we're not developing any form of realness in those moments i think everyone listening has had one of those before where you're in a transaction and you're just realizing wow i'm basically avoiding the humility the humanity of the other person across me and we yeah. can change that by just bringing the intention of care into every interaction.
1: Well, yes. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it, we're, we're living beings, whether it's in our neuroscience or uh, you know uh, other beings' different complex neuroscience. Um, the one thing that is always common is that there's a certain part of our reactivity that lights up. The minute we are dealt with whatever you, whether you want to call it, kindness, softness, generosity, whatever gives the exhibit of care. Um, There are so many somatic practices built around it. You know, um, here's an experience we just had. Uh, We were making a pitch for recreators and we walked into, you know, to partner with the venue because it's place making. And the mandate that we've been given was to meet one of our cohesive portfolio of services, which was ethical technological innovation um, based on regenerative design, the sound ecologies that we create, the audiovisual immersive creation to bring a certain amount of business attention back to, I won't reveal the rest of the project. And the one thing that really struck me was we walked in and we said, so what's your purpose? Because that's the first thing, right? Mm. It's create your purpose what we're seeing. I was like, all right, we're going to address that from the arts perspective, the entertainment, but also the culture design perspective. And what will be the tangible measurable mm. impact that we will put in? Because we don't deal with the ideas of key performance indicators. For us, the creation is the KPI. That's it, that's all. Um, but they sort of went, what, what do you mean? Do you want to collaborate with, do you really care like, about what we want? And I was like, yes, but I'm here to create your purpose and understand 30 people's purpose. And that's the fun of it and the joy of it. How else are we actually going to create intersectional systemic change? We can talk about it in Clubhouse, but how else are we going to do it if we don't start to make it the creation? And I have to understand what sits in your heart. And you have to understand what sits in my heart. And we have to connect on that basis. That's what's going to bring us together as a global citizenship. Yeah. That's what's going to bring a joint sense of courage to create the impossible. And quite honestly, it's not even impossible. It's going to bring, I want to bring the birds and the forests and the sands of water together to spark what lives in our new ability to create health. And that's what's going to inform the city and the business practices that move around it and get us to really think about what we mean about responsible innovation because if we don't think about who we have to create for and why, we're going to be sit and we're going to be sitting in the festering state of our current state of health and mm. possibility. And we're going to keep talking about what we want to do. Whereas I'm going to say, if you're somebody who wants to come and create with me, you need to think about the health of my team. Mm-hmm. Um I need to think about the health of your team, and I need to create something that gives us all all the development that we want to meet for the development goals. Mm. So education, restoration for all living beings, let's bring the wisdom that we have as our treasure chest of legacies, whether we call it indigenous wisdom, or the fancy terms that we're using, to talk about contemporary technology and innovation, Mm. let's break all that down into feeling a sense of awareness and put that into our doing. All the other stuff is there anyway.
0: Yeah. Beautifully put. This is what I appreciate on about having you on the podcast today and, you know, conversations with you in general, it's just the, the ability to come back to, you know, kind of, Touch, touch the soil, touch the earth with all the fancy terms and all the fancy creations we've made because there is a, by design, there is a way that allows us to disconnect while we're doing something that we believe is something good rather than connect radically all the way about our shared humanity, connect radically all the way about our shared, um, yeah, there, there's, a, there's a quality to being alive that that we that unite us we, because we are alive right now, and you know this is um, this is like my my favorite question, and it has to do with how it unites all of us this quality of being alive across, um, yeah, across this one lifetime in which we're currently residing in as an individual, but much more as a interconnected being. That you know, is already um, not thinking of future generations, but because of how this whole ship, planet Earth, works, we're, we're, we're not thinking of the future generations. We're, we're laying the you know the, the bricks or the groundwork for future generations. And biologically quite like quite literally, right? Like uh, I've learned something recently that when at the moment women are born, They already have their daughter's eggs for reproduction in them. So in the embryonic state, which means when the grandmother gives birth to the mother, the grandchild is already present. Now, if you think this a little further, you know, yeah, I know. I was like, it took me about 10 times to really understand it. And but it's it's biologically true. And so we also know through epigenetics that biologically uh, factual, we, we, we carry about 14 generations of epigenetic information with us, which means externally accumulated information that influenced our DNA um, from 14 generations into the past. So that means we're already creating the future simply by being ourselves. And my question for you um, is, what's the, the the seven generational vision that's that's, you know, that's living in your heart that it's not sleeping in, in your heart you're clearly here to you know to, to to bring it on and share this with the world what's what's in you that's that's like a you know maybe we want to use the term, term like real legacy you know not just like a the, the linear term of legacy but what what is that seven generational dream or information or vision that that you have and hold and, and carry i'm curious
1: You have this wonderful way of asking really massive questions in really simple ways. I appreciate it. Um, My legacy would be simple. Um, It is really to create seeds of care and worlds of restoration and it, 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 my my, gen, my legacy is really to create a world of care. Mm. It's as simple as that. I miss it in our um, daily existence. Right from the second that we're born, we're born into these boxes of our names, of our... Um, national citizenship, our gender, you know, the the world is thankfully progressing in that format, Um, in how we should engage with different other species, the minute we feel our heart starts to be trained as does our speech, to how we should engage with our parents, our siblings, our partners, animals, uh, how we should give this much to nature, when we embark upon this career, when we embark upon this profession, this is how we become defined. We shouldn't say no too much. We shouldn't do this too much. Mm -hmm. There are all these parameters that we are surrounded by. And yet we are born from an act of, hopefully, an act of care and love. And as you just blew my mind with that piece of information, which I should know as a woman, but we are born into the state of nurturing from nurturing. Mm. That's what makes us alive. We stay sustained because we are nurtured by the resources that the land gives us, that earth gives us, earth nurtures us in disdain. And yet we embark upon these educations, these sense, these journeys of livelihood, whatever our chosen path may be. And as we engage, we are constantly told to disengage from certain things. To bring it back to my world, which is, of course, the arts, the entertainment, the culture design industry, I ask myself one question again, where did it all come from? There is no piece of music, visual artistry, stage design, theater, um, education and learning even the legacy of language that if you really strip the peels back you know the, the strip the centuries back doesn't come from a place of interconnection some kind of engagement either of care or conquest and yet we know that the one resource that we all have as living beings is the ability to give selflessly How hard it becomes for us to do that is a whole other story and we'll keep it for another session. Mm -hmm. But what we do know is that whether you are an octopus or a plant or a human being, the minute that you exercise this ability to be able to give selflessly and the minute you have this ability to receive cooperation or um, social harmony, it sparks in you the one thing that makes you nurture, find health and be able to do. So it is at the core of us. It sits at the essence of us as a species and all the other species. And maybe that is the point of connection. And therefore, it makes me think that we all have the power to create cooperation or conflict. And at this stage where we're being told that climate change is about to literally transform what we know of his existence, that it has the power to affect everything that we do on Earth and further beyond with everything that we're doing with space exploration, how drastically we know it can affect the very essence of our livelihood, mm. which is something that we're also concerned about, naturally so. How do, we bring in a, how do we bring in this conversation that is always considered esoteric or utopian and make it the protopian pragmatic conversation that lives Mm -hmm. across creativity, business, culture, doing, and bring it into all the other paradigms of words that seem so important to everybody else. And I say, the minute we start creating, the first thing I have to think of is to stretch if I'm performing, or if I'm starting to create, what is the sound I wish to see? Is it going Mm -hmm. to be impossible, or is it going to create care? Because if I create care, Everyone's want to want to hang out a whole lot more. Mm. So it's a no brainer. Care is at the center of everything. And now we're starting to say, you know, a, a friend, of, a dear friend of mine, Maria, uh, she'll often call, she, she, she's so much better as is my mentor, Emily, with s- specifies in what I do. I've been really lucky to have a few great teachers. Yes, Guruji. Yes being around the Dalai Lama and learning through osmosis for a couple of years. But play and care um, have always been at the center of everything that we do. It sort of seems to take the sting out, you know, Remy often says this, like, I wanna show up with care for my community and my team, and I want us to play. Everything Mm. else will just be what follows naturally. That's it. Mm. And when I hear Emily or Maria sort of describe what we do, Um, these incredible teachers that i've had they'll often say it's conscious movement it's legacies of care and i really believe that that's all i wish to leave Mm. a practice of creating care
0: beautiful I'm, i'm like i'm i'm on your lips i i totally follow every word of what you're saying there it's you know the prayer may be for an economy of care so that our doing our busyness reflects, reflects that. Thank you so much for your time, Tara. Thank you so much for um, your, your work in the world. I'm, I'm so glad we met through uh, the design science studio and the first cohort of amazing creators and and creatives and innovators and designers. And um, yeah, where, where can people learn more about you? Or what's a good place to start?
1: Through the Design Science Studio, which we stay committed with as partners. And I'm, I'm really excited because we're going to be coming back and contributing to this beautiful vision with talking about creations of care and what it means for mm. creating economies, as you said, of care and intersectional systems change. Um, that's always a good way because we will be offering mentorships, etc. Um, people can always stay in touch on the Lembus Works media with Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. The team manages it beautifully. Um, our I'll make sure is... to
0: link, link that out.
1: Thank you. Um, we have a wonderfully generous team that sort of manages my own media, which you know I stay very quiet on. But the messages always come through to me. And if um, we try to make sure that we, with the Creators of Purpose program that we run, and that's what we're aligning with the BFI and DSS with as well for future scenes, um, no one is really left behind. So we often encourage people to just drop us a note on the Lembus website. If you are somebody who is looking to accelerate your project mm. or wants to connect and create purposeful creations of care, Drop us a note, wherever we can help, we will help. Wherever we can spread it out to the community and the networks, we will. So the website, my own personal medias, Lembisworks medias, friends like you, friends like DSS, join in anywhere and I'm sure the dots will connect.
0: Thank you so much, Tara.
1: Thank you, Yulian. Thank you for existing and being you.